and welcome into the Empire Dynasty League podcast. Doing a championship review here, and uh, it's the fifteenth of Jan. Happy New Year, everyone! Twenty twenty four, all that shit. Um, hopefully, more exciting fantasy seasons ahead. But we'll get to that. But I'm um, joined by Christopher Keane. How you doing, mate? Yeah, going well, thanks, Ben. You've taken the loss well, which is good to see. Obviously, needed the fourteen days to uh, <laughs> to recover before yeah. we got stuck into a podcast. But admirable effort to uh, to to gut this one out. Hot. Uh, it was a ripping final, wasn't it? It was. Um, I I did like obviously both sides. I was I was a bit uh, supportive of Camo on air, but I. I did like both teams and I didn't mind who won, but he did lift the trophy for the greatest division in world sport. And it's just come to my mind, Ben. I don't want to drive the dagger in, but in the spirit of Mike McCarthy and the Cowboys, will you be stepping down from the Park City Lions for your playoff success? Uh, look, there's, um, there's part of me that's not going to lie that um, when that final Chiefs game finished up that I didn't, say out loud, fuck fantasy, I'm never doing this shit again. <laughs> but you know what? It's a bit of dramatics right now. It's uh we we reset and we go again and that's the fun and or pain of dynasty, I guess. It's not like you can reset with a draft and when you kind of build your team up to go all in and you get that close and you don't fucking get it. It kind of gives you a bit of um insight in a very like minute sense of how fucking infuriating this must be in real life for organizations that get so close uh, and ultimately don't get it and then people lose their jobs and all sorts of shit happen as a result. Um, and they're not even competing against like DFFs. So, you know, they've they've got a much harder task on their side. The only difference is in real life, as heart-wrenching as it is, they're making millions and billions of That's dollars. That's true. And uh, and here we are having to work on top of doing this shit <laughs> and pay to uh, pay to watch Game Pass and uh, enter this league and yeah, it costs us money more often than it's, not. It's a painful hobby, but not painful for the man that's joined us here. That's true. There's someone at the door. Who can it be? None other than the Empire Bowl 4 champion of the league, the San Diego Demons manager himself, Michael Cummins. Welcome to the pod, mate. How you doing? Podcast hosts, uh, league mates, all the listeners worldwide. It's a pleasure to be here. How you feeling, mate? You're very subdued for a champion. Oh, it's been two weeks, so I've uh, been on a high for a while and now I'm just trying to bring my A-game to the podcast, keep a lid on things, oh, get ready for 2024. He sounds like a real D supporter right there. Keep a lid on things. Have it, Just a quick question, like with the success of these demons, you haven't got any sort of off-season issues like a um, Clayton Oliver-style player in the midst that's just uh, got a few news stories Discretions. circling. Discretions, yeah. None of that going oh, okay. on at the San Diego demons? Prayers up for Clary. I hope he's okay. Um, as for the San Diego Demons, uh, all okay at this stage. I've uh, sent a little message out to all the managers out there and none of them have responded with any 
issues in Cabo or anywhere else, so we should be okay. Now, Camo, you said you you were on a high and you seem a little subdued now, but you, before being outside to record this podcast, you were in your car. Now, we might think that you've been kicked out because you've been an absolute ruckus in your household celebrating for the best part of two weeks. Is that, Can you confirm or deny that? There was a bit of carry-on on New Year's Day. There was a bit of carry-on, but no, since then, all been good. I, yeah, I just thought you were in the car, mate, because that's where the, the in the glove box, that's where the tissues are. I just thought you were going back for another look at the final score. <laughs> are they happy tissues or sad tissues? <laughs> Very happy ones. But you, uh, you surely, Camo, you're not one of those grandma, grandpa setups with the tissue box on the dashboard, are you? No, nah, definitely not, please. I mean, I drive a grandma or granddad car, but uh, the old the Volvo, but uh, <laughs> no, no tissues in the car. Jesus. And we'll get to the game. We'll get to the game shortly, Ben, but uh, true or false, Camo didn't watch a lick of uh, any NFL in week 17. Just did, let it all did play not watch out. Any. Let it all play out. Yep, correct. Boys. Have yeah. watched highlights since. Something yeah. to uh, learn from that because I lost about 17 years of my life. And a TV. But it's the back, back <laughs> end oh, no. years, their shit anyway. How, like speaking from, you know, experience the last couple of years, being down the bottom, it is a stress-free sort of sport. Now, Camo, you're... Sitting there with a championship under your belt, the Chargers aren't in the playoffs, so you must be loving life just sitting back watching stress-free NFL three days now. I'm loving this setup, boys. The What was it? Double, double, Sunday, double. Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Tuesday over there. Yep, mm-hmm. three days in a row. Yeah, love that. And um, even better for you, mate, the uh, Cowboys get knocked out, so you don't have to worry about CeeDee Lamb getting injured. Uh, which is a fantastic thing as well. So apologies to any Cowboys fans out there, even though uh, it is somewhat enjoyable to uh, to listen to their heartache every year they make the playoffs and somehow find a new way to disappoint their fan base. Um, but I suppose with like a few of these games that are happening in real life right now, there's a lot of off-season shit that will play out with a lot of these players. So it is going to be... Interesting, and I know Hod. We're going to tease out maybe some uh, some podcasts that might happen before next year's rookie draft. Well, just before we do push on with the uh, main part of today in the championship game, but just the thoughts on just because we had an interesting discussion last week at the corner bar about coaches, and Steph was pretty adamant on um, how short a leash they have in the NFL now. You have Mike McCarthy. He's probably favoured to lose that job now. He's had three 12-win seasons in a row, Mm. which you would applaud any day, but they do judge you based on playoff wins, and he's one and four, I believe, in the four years. So are we all in agreement that he's going to be showing the door from Jerry World? I think... The narrative that's surely playing out is that Belichick is going to get flown in there and hand deliver the job. So if they replace him with someone like him, that's almost a lock, I reckon. Well, I think it's yeah, a bit of it. He might be a victim of circumstance just with Belichick, Vrabel, and Harbaugh all being on the table. It's a sort of unique year in that sense. In 
terms of you don't really get that type of caliber coach just on the free agency market. But also, I think it's the way in which you lose the playoff games as well. Like the Packers dropped 50 on them today. I know that's not necessarily his fault, but they just looked miles off it. Um, like and interestingly, like there's there's same the similar rumors going around about Nick Sirianni. If if they get rolled by the Bucks tomorrow, there's like he was in the Super Bowl twelve months ago, and there's rumors going around if if it doesn't go that well, he's his job's in jeopardy too. So it is cutthroat, certainly is. Yeah, at the end of the day, the uh, the clubs know more than we do, so they must have seen the preparation leading into this week, and there might have been some, a few things going on behind the scenes that we're not privy to that have uh, kind of led up to these these results but the eagles like what has gone on there the last six weeks like if he can't turn it around tomorrow what's he Mm. been doing and and the other thing is you got these to go back to dallas you got these owners that are trillionaires that have massive egos that jerry's probably sitting there going well is this bloke better than mccarthy or not if he is i want him straight in it doesn't help as well when you have Jimmy Johnson having a stroke on Fox <laughs> Sports. Did you see that? Yeah. At halftime, putting his best coaching hat on, motivational speech. Like, spare me, mate. Just that was me. fantastic. And oh. Strahan's reaction as well. He, he yeah, yeah, yeah that was good. <laughs> it got him fired up. Um, but, yeah, no, it does look like a nice little job for Belichick. I'm sure at this, what, is he 70 now? Um, yeah. You want to go to a defense like that who's severely underperformed today, but they are as good as any defense with Diggs coming back. So he has that up his sleeve. The offense is fine um, other than Dak's shocking playoff performance um, over time. But it does look like a pretty nice job um, to get the greatest coach of all time. Yep. And, uh, but it's, I guess you've got to argue what version of the coach are you getting? You're getting the glory days who you know, had six Super Bowl wins and took them to, what was it, eight Super Bowls in his time there? Or are you getting the, you know, the latter few years where he was a little bit stubborn in his ways and I think, you know, had, had achieved too much to uh, for anyone to really question the way that he was going about things. So it's, a, it's an interesting argument. And Steph brought up the other night when he was talking because the whole thing started from Arthur Smith and we... I think as a group sort of said, mate, we agree with what you're saying, but I think Arthur Smith's probably the worst example that you're giving right now. The guy did nothing in three years and had a plethora of talent that he uh, had a part in selecting in the draft. Mm. His his point of bringing up Andy Reid as a Philly fan, I thought was an interesting one. Um, You know, he had a fair bit of success there and you're talking about McCarthy having, you know, three seasons of roughly 12 wins each season seems a bit rough on the surface to um, to then get the sack if that's sort of the performance you're getting. But I guess there's also an argument of how much can you keep going about with the same sort of motivator, head motivator, which is essentially a head coach, and if you're not getting the ultimate result, like when when is the end of this relationship? And, you know, for Philly with um, Andy Reid, what he went 99 to... 2012, like that's it's a fair yeah. chunk and had some pretty successful years in there, you know, like 11 plus wins for about five, six years in a row. And then in the, you know, latter part there sort of had a mixed bag of seasons before he went on to Kansas City. And, you know, he still clearly had it in him because he was able to motivate a new group. And But, but I think 
from an organization point of view, it's much easier to turn over the motivator than it is the entire list of players that you've got. Um, and that's probably where it's a win-win for both parties with shit like that. I don't know if McCarthy would, I don't know, what's a, what's a team he could step into that's coach needy? Because I think Olsen brought that up on the broadcast when you're talking about getting rid of a coach. If you got rid of McCarthy, would a team snap him up? And he was pretty confident that the team would. Mm. What sort of team would be a good fit for him? I actually think Atlanta would be. Like, yeah, actually. Teams, they got weapons. Like Dallas is, I know it's not all him, but it wasn't he calling the plays this year on offense. So, like, I mm. just think they, they scored, you know, they averaged 35 points at home this year. Yeah, I, I just, yeah. It, an interesting way. I'm looking at um, Andy Reid now. So they went four and twelve the year he got fired. It's very similar to Vrabel for mine, in mm. terms of Vrabel's clearly a good coach. There's no doubt about it. And I think Andy Reid's the same thing. Like everyone knew he was a good coach. Circumstances, QB, a few other things, a lot of injuries at Tennessee. I, I find that decision to get rid of Vrabel the most staggering out of all. Yeah, I, I know. He, I know he had huge issues with the front office and all that sort of stuff, and that's probably a part of it. But clearly, he's a good coach. Yeah, that one was an interesting one. And it wasn't like he was in a situation where you might think that he's lost the locker room or anything like that. And he no. kind of hasn't really been given a chance to rebuild that list, has he? Like he's kind of come in, had that list and built from there to where they got to. And now they are looking at needing to sort of rebuild to to go again. But yeah, interesting, Hod. Well, that, just to wrap this up, the, the um, Rabel might think along the lines of... Uh, a very successful man in this league and he just might not be a Will Levis fan and the ownership or the team want to turn the keys over to this guy and he would prefer to get in someone else. So yeah, he's clearly, he will get a coaching job very, very quickly. But we talked about the greatest coach of all time, Bill Belichick. Maybe we might be talking about the greatest takeaway of all time oh, in our next little segment. What a segue. Oh, wow. Do you have a well, do you, you have a dro- do you have a drop for the top no three? Way. No way. Do we need one? Here's our top three. <laughs> and how long have we been doing this? It's a raging success and you still don't have a drop. What have you been doing your whole bloody whole life? Well, I've been mate? fucking drowning my sorrows, mate. <laughs> <laughs> That's the best time you come up with shit. What we've been sure doing it though. It would have been too depressing. What we've been doing though is we're not gonna make the uh listeners and that might just be Amelia, but she won't have to wait the 25 minutes we made the other week to get to the top three because in the spirit of summer in Melbourne, I think a few boys in this league experienced it at another level on Friday night. It was 30-plus degrees in Melbourne. They waited an hour and 15 minutes for fish and chips, and a lot of people want to take it down to the beach, and it was buzzing. I know the one in Elwood, we were going to go down and – it was an hour as well, and we uh, chose otherwise. But in the spirit of summer, boys, we are going to go with top three menu selections at your local fish and chip shop. Just before we get to what what's the maximum amount of time that everyone here is willing to wait for fish and chips? That's a fair point. Well, on a nice on a nice night, you can probably you can probably cop it. An hour? Uh, an hour seems a bit rich. I'll tell you where I wouldn't want to be. Working in a fish and chip shop oh, would yeah. suck. Because it's hot as fuck already for people yep. to be coming in. And oh, then steamy. add an extra Under like 25 degrees just coming off the vats of oil. Yeah. It'd suck. Yeah. No so good. A little bit of um, 
chuck a little bit into that one, Keeney. They often shut the phone off because they're too mm-hmm. busy. So you actually yeah. physically have to wait down there wherever it is. So like mm-hmm. calling up and ordering and then say an hour, that's I'm um, no problem. I'll yeah. be there in an hour. But Standing if you have to wait, on. it's a problem. What I'm yeah. saying is you just wait on the nice luscious sand if that's where you're so inclined. Bloody da. Anyway, it's a uh, it's a good topic, Hod. Did you come up with this one? I did, actually. Um, Tell you what, to go well with some fish and chips at Golden Gay Time. Whoa, <laughs> or a paddle Jesus. pump. Jesus, yeah. paddle yeah, pump. I don't right. know. Um, who's kicking it off? All right, who's going first? I reckon. I reckon, in the spirit of the champion, yep, Camo. Yep. You looked excited when we brought this up. We didn't know whether that was excitement because you hated fish and chips or you loved it, but you do look excited to give us your top three. I'm a big fan of fish and chips. Big fan, but fairly standard sort of order. Um, well, firstly, I should we just say, like, let's, let's rule out chips. Board, right? Yeah, let's, yeah. let's discount because everyone's just getting either your medium or minimum chips. Mm. Even though I've, I've yep. got a conspiracy theory that minimum chips and large chips are the exact same amount regardless of fucking where <laughs> you go. They just pile a bunch of chips in the box and go, there you go. Yeah, depending <laughs> what else you order. Yeah. yeah. A lot. <laughs> yeah. You got a fuckload of chips for two bucks back in the day. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus, did you get a lot. Complete meal. <laughs> Sorry, uh, come on. You're number three. No, I'm gonna, I do have to kick us off with the, the stock standard potato cakes. It's, it's just impossible to beat, right? Mm. They have to be included in everyone's top three. So, for me, third, potato cakes. Hard to beat. Solid. Uh, I'll go next. I will. I'll go a similar sort of thing, I think, that everyone tends to get, and that's the calamari ring. Get a few of those sprinkled in. Bit of salt on them, bit of lemon just, goes all right. Jeez. Just the singlet and batter. Oh, you got to get a minimum three if you if you're getting your order. You go minimum three calamari, but you yeah, could but you could smash it full them. circle. Yeah, in batter, in batter. Yeah. How yeah. you going? All right. I tell, I tell you, we're all uh, fishing in the same pond here. I reckon. <laughs> <laughs> Pardon the punnage, but my number three is is your crab stick. Oh, I love a good crab stick. Throw it in there at number three. You would love a salty stick. Well, I might, I might, I, I don't know if, you'll have to clarify this for me. I've got, I've got two, two number threes here. I like a little just bracket two different items. You but like Thais over here. Is it, just, is it three or four? Yeah. Going, yeah. Honorable mention. Go we'll call it an honorable mention. Seven honorable mentions. The seafood stick and the crab stick, are they the same thing? They are the same thing, Correct. Yes. Because Correct. I was on a menu just before and there was actually a crab stick and a seafood stick. Oh. But I would have th- I thought the they were the yeah. same thing. Anyway, Keeney, lovely selection, but that's an honourable mention. I'm going number three, and I know you, boy, I, I know I'm a supreme athlete and Camo, thanks for bringing that up before, but I, if I'm getting fish and chips, I am going all out and I'm getting the fried and a South Melbourne dim sim is always part of my order Yep. at number three. Very okay. nice. A fried dim? Fried. The fried, yeah. Yep. I'll, I'll go next because that was my number two. A fried South Melbourne market dim sim, hard to Burn. beat. Burn. Um, and just a quick question for Keeney. What percentage of a crab stick is actually made up of crab? Do we know? Oh, Would it be 0.5? It's less than 1%. About where we set the line? Less, yeah, less than, than 1%. 1%. Yeah, it's yeah. pretty low. It's uh, crab flavored, 
stick. It's good. It's good shit. <laughs> um, but here's here's another one what which I just British? thought of, Camo. When we were on our trip, we went and got it was you know a stinking hot day. Went and got fish and chips for dinner. And I went to order the potato cake and we we're in South Australia and I actually broke my brain scallop. knowing what to... Because is it potato? No, it was fritter. Scallop. It was fritter in South Australia. It used oh. to be scallop. Definitely yeah, used to be scallop. Scallop, scallop is yeah. New South Wales and Queensland, I think. But as I was ordering wow. it, I said, can I get a potato? Uh, I don't know what you call it here. And she goes, where are you from? I go, Victoria. And she goes, yeah, we call them fritters in South Australia. So There you go. Wow. That's, uh, yeah. The like a palmer and palmy, just no one can sort of seemingly. But what is the most logical one? Is cake the least logical out of all of them? Yep, probably. Yeah, I think it has to. <laughs> it's like pancake, potato cake. I guess that's the <laughs> thinking. Um, my my number two is it's a burger with a lot. It is. Ooh. You go. I don't. You know, if you're getting it for dinner, it's not something you always think about because you go your traditional, I'll go a bit of this, a bit of that with the chips and everything. But a burger with a lot never misses from any fish and chip shop. Um, well, I, <clears throat> no, yeah. so you, you're hard to disagree. I think, high, I think it's high variance. No. Variance. Yeah, yeah. I don't um, know. Uh, well, a good one's hard to beat. But yeah. The risk, the risk is extreme. And, I'm, um, I'm a risky kind of guy. And look, I'm not, spoiler alert, I'm not a big fish man, but <laughs> we'll leave it there. But, mate, the burgers with the lot at fish and chip shops just hit a bit differently. I just think they're outstanding. It was my number two as well, burger with the lot. And from, I had a little comment just in my notes just saying, basically, if you don't, if your fish and chip shop doesn't do a quality burger with the lot, find a new one. Because it's no, it's no go. It's it's a staple. Look, I'm I'm gonna rain on your burger parade here. That is not part of my number two. I think because there is too many burger options now out there. But also, if I'm getting fish and chips, I'm getting fish. I'm, I'm we're not getting a burger and chips here. We want fish and chips. So my second. It is char grilled calamari with Greek salad. But oh wow. There's the supreme athlete, boys. This is the Preach. same bloke. Preach. This is the same bloke that goes to Macca's to get a lean beef burger. Mate, you're you're contradicting yourself. You're contradicting Just- yourself in the same fucking ranking. For your number three, you said if I'm getting fish and chips, I'm getting it fried. Yeah, but you're not understanding. It this is all part of my order. I'm still getting the best of both worlds. It's a complete meal. Exactly. Oh. Thank you, Cup. See, just I great, hear you. great minds. I hear you. Great minds. Anyway, we'll we'll go go to you here because we need to stay on the the straight yep. here before the other two talk. For sure. Number one, without a shadow of a doubt, delicious wherever you go. Grilled flake. Thanks for coming. It's all it takes. Very boring right. sort of stuff. Yeah. A- athlete. Real, real boring. Sort of finish it. No, you know, a lot of the time I'll order flake and that. It's not, I'm not super excited about it, but I'll tell you what I am super excited about every time I get fish and chips. And it doesn't matter if I'm getting a burger or anything else. You've already mentioned it, Keeney. My number one's a crab stick. Every day of the week, give me three minimum every single time. I'll be, three! Yeah. 
I'll be the only one smashing crab sticks typically when we get family fish and chips, but I don't care. It's, they're amazing. Um, and talk about consistency, Camo. You can't get more consistent than a white Backs. stick with one side that has a bright orange with a bit of orange to on it. it. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Covered in batter. Goes all right. You know, one thing we didn't discuss with the old potato cake was since when was it an unwritten rule to throw in an extra one? You order three, they give you four. Yeah. Well, when did that become a thing? I like it, but like why, don't they do it with a, why don't they do it with a crab stick? Wow. Throw an extra one in. Too expensive. Yeah. Yeah, it's all that crab meat, 90% <laughs> crab meat. <laughs> Gee whiz. <laughs> nice. Uh, very happy with that selection, Ben. Um, my number one, though, and boys, you've sort of touched on it, but you've got it all wrong. South Melbourne steamed dim sim is where it is at. The steamed oh. is are way better than a fried dim sim. And if you're going South Melbourne, that's mate, that's that's what you get. You I, get the steamed dim, and you load it up with soy sauce. That's I, what happens. I agree with you, Kenny, on a lot of things, but I didn't even know that the South Melbourne dimmies came in steamed form. Oh, please. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, all, there's steamed dimmies are okay. You're all over it, Benny. Yeah. Uh, the South I Melbourne love, has to be fried. Every I day love steamed dimmies. Uh, don't get me wrong, but the South Melbourne is only available I didn't even, from like yeah. anywhere I, else but where Keeney orders. Yeah. That's not right. <laughs> that is that is outlandish. As your number one too. Jesus. <laughs> to talk about the consistency, and it doesn't have to be a South Melbourne, just a steam, three steamed in a little bag. Yeah. Soy yeah. sauce loaded up. Yeah, that is number one. That was, my, um, that was my hand warmer in high school. Yeah. Just at, uh, you'd go to, <laughs> in the in the spray jacket. Yeah, you'd just stick them in your pocket and you have a little hand warmer, and then at the end of lunch, you'd, you'd smash the dimmies. It was perfect. Yeah, and no one would have seen you eat them because you would have hit them from everyone. You tied us. <laughs> so my number one is with Camo again. We're just great minds, great divisions, just great people. Uh, grilled flake, but. I can't just have one flake. I've got to get the fish bites. And to your point, Keeney, they give you several more than what you order. I always order three and I've got up to six. Great call. And it's great business. I've been back a lot since, but I get the nice blend of grilled flake. I get my fried fish bites. I get my char-grilled calamari, my fried dim sim. There's a lot going on with fish and chips and... I'm very happy that we brought this uh, topic up. I honestly That's elite, thought, elite ordering. I honestly thought you were going to say the old grilled fish with a side salad. <laughs> just throw it in on top. No, no, no. Just just some plain tartare sauce. But, you, mate, the steam dim, can I just go back to it? The steam dim, you need the soy sauce to seep through the skin that covers the dim sim. You yeah, can't so fry it. It bounces off the fry. A regular can't dim sim, it. I've got no problem yeah, with. But, agreed. But a South Melbourne has to be fried. You don't need soy sauce with a South mm. Melbourne dimmy. They're, they too, a bit peppery. they're too good on that. They're definitely a bit peppery. <laughs> it's not supposed to be funny. Oh, shit. But it is. All right, I suppose the time has come. Uh, good top three, everyone. It's, uh, Very good. It's I, can well I just say, there. that we'll have some opinions in our group. Oh, no doubt. Surely. And um, I can't wait to hear what some of the outlandish top three from the league are in this because I know Papa's going to have some weird sort of mm. thing and then daylight between one and two. Hod? I'm pretty confident that... Uh... Jake Pantis will throw in a Yeros or Suvalaki <laughs> of some sort, the hairy Greek goddess. 
That's a good point. I didn't even think of. Uh, I guess that's the soothe. Yeah, the suva as an option. I know we don't have sponsors on the pod tonight as yet, but do we have a favourite go-to fish and chip shop? Hmm. What a great round out. We'll throw yours up there. Uh, mine would be at the catch in Carnegie. Michael Hibbard's father-in-law runs the show there and uh, always Name D's. Listen. <laughs> always good for some D's <laughs> intel, so shout out at the catch. Listen to the Carnegie suburb drop on him. This you see what he did there? He's he's on another level. He said no sponsors yet. Mm. He has thrown that out there. Probably has a live recording to Hibbo next door. What about <laughs> so Camo's dropping the old Carnegie fish and chips, and we got the podcast main man Ben dropping fish and chip shots from a different state. If you don't mind, he's just rolling into South Australia to pick up his fish and chips. He reckons the the wait isn't as long. You, you're better off driving to South was, Australia to grab a couple of potato fritters. It was a bit large <laughs> on that day. I can't remember the name of it, but on their uh, on their window they had the number one uh, voted fish and chip in South Australia. Don't know what the vote yeah. was, but you know you can't argue with that shit. You just got to stick that on your window and watch the people come in. That shit's my favourite. Like fastest growing podcast in Australia. There's no, there's yeah. no actual vote on that. But no, no, we just decided that this is. So <laughs> you li- everyone's listening to the fastest growing uh, dynasty fantasy Australian podcast that's out there right now. Uh, I've got to try that one out because I'm not too far from Carnegie. Camo, I'll uh, have to do that. I my go to is Hunky Dory, just in oh, Oak- yep. Oakley. They're a bit of a franchise, I think. So they are. Yep. Yep. Good one. I used to I used to frequent the one at Wheelers Hill Shops a fair bit, but it's expensive. Yeah, good call. Yeah. What was that called? Good call. Kingfisher Blue. or something. It's, uh, yeah, Kingfisher Blue. Yeah, Kingfisher Blue. Very that expensive. Was fish and chips. That was good. Yep. Quality. Was, I believe that was award winning. I know every fish and chip shop is award winning. <laughs> didn't but yeah, didn't the owner get the owner got shot? I think one time. Yes, correct. That was when the D, that was when the DFF got his chips with no sauce. <laughs> Um, yes, Hunky Dory is a franchise, and I am, I, I am a fan of the gourmet fish and chips, if you like. So gourmet. the Hunky Dory's, the Tommy Ruff, I don't mind. Um, but I actually have to shout out the the Junction fish and chips in Elwood. Uh, that's oh. uh, that's quite nice. I've had that a couple of times. But we've got to keep it in the family, boys. The DFF's older brother Simo is now a proud owner of the original. Greek fish and chips in Brighton. So really? you have to right near the station. Yes, right next nice. to it. Um, so yes, that's a new venture and it is delicious. It's the same Greek salad I've had at the Ioannidis household many, many times in my life. And it's cooked by himself. So they do a fantastic grilled flake there. Can confirm. Mm, wow. So Are- we could get surely we could get like a, a grilled flake, a crab stick, and a uh, what else could we do? A little salad, side salad, and call it the EDL or something like that. Surely get Ooh, it up on the menu. Hold nice. On. There we go. There we go. Sponsors. We need we'll, some sponsors. Yeah. I'll work on that one. Yeah, let's let's work on that. Um, all right. Well, I suppose we should we should probably get to reviewing the championship game. I guess get it over and done with. What do you reckon? Nah, let's do another top three. First of all, you're throwing too many big words at me. Okay, now, because I don't understand them, I'm going to take them as disrespect. Watch your mouth.
All right. The Empire Bowl 4 saw the San Diego Demons just getting up 147 against the Park City Lions. 140. Just the seven points there um, in the end. And I don't know. I suppose we should probably break it down how the the matchup went. And let's start with the early game, which was going to see Amari Cooper against CeeDee Lamb. Amari Cooper was, in fact, that late out. So... Didn't uh, get the start for me, but CD got the start for you, and that went all right, didn't it, Camo? Don't forget about the conk. And the conk, uh, that's right. He was, Jets, yeah. He is a that frustrating player in that he will just get his four or five catches. So there's four or five points there and then just throw his yardage on top. Um, and a bit of junkage always sort of goes his way, and I think it certainly did in that matchup. But the, uh, the talking point was CD. This guy was ridiculous. Yeah, he was massive. Um, as you blokes know, I didn't have a lot of receptions. So it was tough times. The game kicked off at 12.30. And I think it got to 1 o'clock and my phone buzzed twice. And I was like, here we go. What's happened here? There was a message from one league mate saying, oh boy. And then there was another tweet or an X notification that there'd been a touchdown. So when I saw it was a CD Lamb 92-yard touchdown or something, I thought we could be on here. Yeah, it's a good way to start. Uh a game if you've got that player, let alone start a matchup when he's your first player off the board. Just had a lazy 17 targets, 13 catches, 227 yards, uh, and a touchdown on top of that. Could have had a second one as well. I was going to say one fumble. And the yeah, fumble that went a through a touchback. That's right. The um, It was it was a wild start to this game. And Hod, I, I don't know if you can recall... Uh, the other three grand finals, but this was an absolute cracker for starters. But I feel like we've been blessed in in terms of each grand final. I feel like in this league have been pretty unbelievable. Like year one was a McKissick, like was it one point game? Year two we had the the, Bra- the Chase fifty burger with Braxton Berrios. Ben, we'd, let's not relive that. And year three we had Jim and Jake fighting out a one point ball game as well. And this year was was. Almost probably better than all of them, I reckon, just in terms of the tenseness, which we'll get to in in the end. But um, what about the snoz come out? Like he, he pulled out a nine point five, doubled Kelsey, which is probably what you're expecting. Um, he just he just finds a way of ripping out, you know, nine. You would have been ecstatic with surely. Yeah, for sure. I was hoping for between five and ten. Um, yep. And at halftime, he had zero targets. So uh, yep, five did. was then the new uh, aim. So, yeah, when he managed to bust out a 9.5, I was very happy with that. Hawk yep. would have been better potentially, but 9.5 was good enough. Yeah. And so, Ben, we did mention that, you know, you, you were supposed to be playing Amari Cooper in this one. Mm. Um, he was a, a pretty late out, wasn't he? Like he was he was pretty late. There's sort of there was rumours flying around, but he was pretty late. But you probably felt, well... If Cooper's out, I'm going to play Kittle. Yeah, but then it became apparent that most of it was out as well. So you had you actually did have some some roster decisions. Talk us through sort of what went through your mind there. Yeah, so with Cooper, obviously Kittle went straight into the lineup. That was he was my first cab off the ranks, and I was sort of thinking that I was going to have to because Pacheco was under a questionable tag, and there were a few players. So I thought there would be a pretty high chance he would be in the lineup, but having to make the one, I think it was quarter to one just on uh, New Year's Day before going to bed um, and the alert for most it came through then. So 
just as I was uh, about to go to bed and yeah, then had a decision to make. I could have got up and made it in the morning, but I didn't want to accidentally sleep in or something ridiculous like that. So it was down to, um, well, firstly, I sort of just went running back. Do I put Brian Robinson or um, Khalil Herbert were sort of the two logical people that could have gone in. Oh, don't say that. Yeah. (laughs) And then I had Pacheco in the... Uh, flex. Now, the only thing that sort of confidently made me think about, do I put someone like Thielen in the flex and move Pacheco in, was that I think the report had come out that uh, Pacheco was definitely going to play because um, he had the later game. So if that hadn't have come out, I probably would have um, rolled with one of Khalil or Brian to replace most it because then I needed that flexibility for... Pacheco later on, but uh, yeah, the Khalil Herbert one, and you're right, if I had played him, I would have won because he scored a 19 or something and I lost by seven. Uh, not that I'm doing the maths on that one, Keeney, but no. he was a, he's such a, a dangerous play because he literally had nothing all season and then the week before had 20 carries and a touchdown and over 100 yards and scored 18. So... Is he going to go back to getting, you know, six carries, which was week 15, or is he going to go back to the the bulk of the work there? And there wasn't really any reports to sort of say what um, Chicago were doing with their running back situation. They've got uh, three running backs there who mm. could just be fed the hot hand at any given point, depending on how game script's going. So I didn't have the confidence there. You sort of got in my head a little bit with... Uh, with Camo starting Bryce, do I just go Thielen and does that counteract if he has a good game? Turns out he had arguably one of the worst games you could ever have in a grand final. So playing one of his receivers wasn't the smartest move there. But how do you, how do you know that? So, yeah, the Khalil uh, Herbert one would have been a risky fucking play if I had gone with that, to be honest. But if I told you that he, that uh, Thielen scored four more points than Bryce Young, you would have taken that for sure. Yeah, yeah, exactly. At the same time. But um, the other thing... Was and I think Camo, you're onto something here with not watching a second because the Ravens put up 56 on Miami and Lamar went absolutely bonkers and you were just oblivious to it. I was sitting there Correct. watching. I was sitting there watching the Ravens on red zone in the morning, going, "Ben's won it. It's all over." Lamar's put up 40. He was miles ahead at that point. Um, I was going to say talk us through it, but. Uh, there's not much to talk about. What about what about no. Bryce Young and versus Mason Rudolph? I did say to you did call Mason. That. Mason might might have been a nicer start than old Brycey boy. You did call that. Um, yeah. So as we all know, it was New Year's Eve and uh, it was a big night. So the next day, I didn't wake up till close to eight. So I had no idea about how the five o'clock games went. And um, yeah, when I checked in at quarter past eight or whatever the first games had finished, and I saw Bryce had scored two points something, I was. Uh, I would have been better off starting DJ Moore in the uh, <laughs> Superflex spot. Not good. Well, what Not happened, good. Hod, Hod, and you've been uh, – sorry, I'll just reintroduce you to the pod, Hod, but um, <laughs> you, you did say that, that DJ Moore was not playing this week, so it was a good trade. Can you run us through that? What, what happened there? What are you asking me? You, you declared that DJ Moore was out. He said DJ Moore was out, so the Bryce Young trade was ingenious. A masterstroke. Yeah, I was just trying to pump Camo up, whether it was facts or not. Um, 
Thanks for bringing me back on, Kenny. Uh, Benny, I tried my absolute best to talk you out of playing Patrick Mahomes. Now, <laughs> if you knew it was a Pacheco game, which it indeed was, 18 carries for 130 yards, seven catches for 35 for a lovely 26, it would have taken some big kahunas because you didn't have Trevor Lawrence. <laughs> but if you played Lamar Jackson in the QB1 like he deserved, probably wins the MVP, and then you rolled in Khalil Herbert in your super flex, you would have just won by under a point. Yep. Yeah. I, I think what the I... more logical one would have been playing Khalil over Thielen, which also Absolutely. would have got the job done. But my segue here is if we can move into a little bit of off-season chat, you've rolled out the stack, AAA stack actually, for two teams for two years now. Now you're looking at them, you, you had Ayuk and Debo, they've been amazing all year, um, but it's very hard to hit on three of them in any given week and you've got two of them and Kansas City has almightily let you down this year. Um they didn't really star other than Pacheco in the last month, at least. Uh, where do you sit with that? Are you going to look to readdress having two and an actual stack, which is more desired, I, I suppose? Um, yeah, I mean, it's obviously diversity is, is always better. Um, it's also trying to find a buyer. Like who, I don't know if there are many people out there that are just like climbing over themselves to get someone like Kittle on their roster. Um, but that's, you know, and then you've got to depart with with arguably if the 49ers are the one you're talking about, one of Debo or Ayuk and keep Kittle, whereas you'd probably want of the three to keep Ayuk and Debo. But um, you've obviously, yeah, you got to just think way up what's going to be the best overall um, combination for your roster. So if I can get a deal where one of those players goes out and, you know, I'm getting back something that helps out my roster across the board, then you got to go with it. But, yeah, to your point, like I think you can look at all the scores in this championship game, but when it came down to it, it it was uh, Camo had Najee, Harris and Mixon Connor. to go. Joe Mixon, yeah. Oh, and Connor yeah. as well, was it? Yeah. No, no, Connor, no, played, Connor had played. Yeah, it so just, it was yeah, Najee and Mixon, and Mixon versus Mahomes, Pacheco and Kelsey. And I reckon you had about five points. a five-point lead, was it? Yeah, yeah. Okay. I was trying to work out what the, the point difference was. So going into that, you, I was pretty confident. As much as the, the Chiefs have been down, you got to think that only five points. Najee hadn't been lighting the world on fire. Mixon, sort of depending on how the KC game went, meant how much they got the ball. And obviously without Burrow, are they moving the ball as well as, as what they have been? But fuck me. Uh, talk about not watching the games come out, I reckon it's a good move because every fucking time they went to the Steelers game, there was a massive play and they got tackled at the two-yard line. I'm like, fuck, here we go again. Najee's <laughs> going to get the ball and just fucking walk it in for a touchdown. It was it was actually uncanny watching Red Zone and how many times um, a play would go and the player would be home, but then something would happen to get tackled five yards out and Mixon or Najee were just the beneficiary of, of that. It was infuriating, but Pacheco had a fucking field day, so you can't complain too much. Mahomes is the, the one that pisses me off the most. 12 points from a bloke who, you know, I traded a lot to get off you, Camo. Yep. Um, and you want 
a minimum 20 points from a guy like that every single time you're playing him. So 12 points is pretty frustrating. Well, it was a weird, sorry to uh, interrupt. It was a weird old final in that sense, in terms of both of you had four players that went nuts and sort of the other six didn't really do a great deal. It was it was sort of just which which players exploded a bit more for you, sort of CeeDee Lamb and James Conner just went a bit a bit more than what, you know, Ayuk did and, and Lamar did, I guess. But um, it was sort of a weird old final in that sense. It was interesting also the infuriating part, Ben. I, I can imagine this might be infuriating. And Hod, it speaks a little bit to what you were saying before about two years in a row of the same stuff. But let's let's put some facts behind this. The last two years, Ben, you've been 25-3 and three in the regular season. I'll say that again, 25 wins and three losses and one and two in the playoffs. So that sums up fantasy more than anything for mine. Like it doesn't sort of matter how good you've been for two years in the regular season. You get to the playoffs and once you, can, once you have a bit yeah. of variance in a one-game sample, that's that can happen. Just quickly I don't think with, it means that your roster's no good. Just quickly with the playoff record, I think that is a bit of it, – it's a bit of a shit stat in – You're three and two. Well, it's a shit stat in that you, if you don't finish uh, as a wild card, you're not getting many playoff games to start with. So you're only getting t- two playoff games um, if you have the week off. Mm. And then Should we count that as a win then. And unless you and unless you win, you're always getting a loss. You know, notched <laughs> yeah, up there correct. unless you win the whole fucking thing. So it's a bit of a like to say what your record is in the playoffs. It's either you won it or you lost it, and that's kind of all it. Is. Yeah, I suppose more to the point, you've, you know, 25 and 3 is amazing and you'd expect to win a ring. Oh, 100%. Sort of record, and to know? walk away one. without one after the last three seasons is, is that was the most frustrating thing, I think, after losing this well, one. I, I think you're validating the points that I know I have been making the last couple of years, but also in the first year because we've got redraft to go off. The seeding does not matter in fantasy at all. And I think that record speaks to that and yeah sure you can throw in the the buy as a win but we've been saying like the buy means nothing it just it just means you're around it means you're further you're further in the playoffs it it doesn't mean anything towards your chances at all because it's that variance you talk about Kenny but Mm. come on you got yeah, no, I've got, to, I, I've got to say the uh, the bye week, I think I scored 112 mm. with a full lineup. You, so, and, like, you I and I would have both lost. I wouldn't have beaten anyone yeah. in week one if I played the bye. And I think you were the same, Ben. Yeah. So I don't know if you set a lineup, but you also had a low, low oh, score. I, I didn't. I obviously didn't bother setting it, but I didn't like. Yeah. Uh, it was a lineup that could have realistically rolled out. Yeah. So, um, yeah, and that, I was thinking the same thing. Like, if you don't have that yeah. bye week, weird shit can happen um in any given week so it's just one less week for that weird thing to happen correct i'll just go back to your mahomes point before he he did have just one of those down years i would expect him they will definitely add something After, for him a yeah. weapon um probably a wide receiver of some sort so i'd expect him to bounce back and have that positive regression um <laughs> but uh yeah Oh, I forgot what it was. Well, we, oh, were you gonna were you gonna say do you have the same thoughts about Kelsey? And is that a discussion worth having? I don't know. He's sort of dropped off remarkably oh. in the last six weeks. Um, no, we can. Sorry, we'll get back to that. But I was gonna say if if we did a top three for most frustrating things in fantasy, what you experienced, Ben, with Najee Harris, that has to be the top when your player goes down 
inside the five, but more importantly, inside the one or two, because especially if you have a Philly player, because that mm. tush, push, butt rub, whatever they call it, <laughs> that's Don just gone. Latte. Like Deon, DeAndre Swift would have lost so many touchdowns this year going down at the one. Yeah. I have the number one. The number one most annoying thing in fantasy is when you've got the wide receiver, say AJ Brown, and they throw a 60-yard bomb to him and he gets tackled in the end zone and it's uh, pass interference, ball at the one-yard line, then your opponent has the the running back. And they run it in. Yeah. Yeah. That's the worst. Pass interference is very frustrating because your player has earned them, you know, potentially 50 yards, but you see none of it. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Um, The old touchdown off a penalty is pretty bad. Yes. Yeah. Yep. That one's not great. And another one that's not great is when your opponent scores 50. Like one of their players just yeah. goes and ape shit. In a, yeah. in a final, it hurts yeah. even more, Keeney. <laughs> oh, yeah, that wasn't supposed to be a specific example. But Why do we do this to ourselves? That is I don't point. know. Because one out of the 12 of us gets to have a moment like you, Kamo. That's why. That's true. It's interesting it sort of happened in like, I, was, I think last part I said about Alvin Kamara, how he scored 50-something in the final and then Chase did it. And you could say, you know, C.D. Lamb scored 35, Lamar scored 36. These these players that just put up big scores in the granny. I've got to tell you that, um, so I'll reveal a bit of insight into that Dallas game that I put a same-game multi on just. Oh, uh, he did a Thais. And I did a bit of a Thais here because I was putting I some that. legs that I like and I went, you know what, C.D., you know, I was looking at his um, over-under line, which was about – 90, yeah, yeah, 98 and a half yards. I went, oh, nah, let's go, let's go over <laughs> that because he's definitely going to have the best game ever. And let's chuck any time touchdown in there as well. So they were my two best legs. My multi was going to get up and it was the only thing that cost me was Dallas four and a half. And they were, they were in front and then they gave up that fucking touchdown at the end. And then rather than go to overtime, Dan Campbell decided to go for the two point conversion and fuck the whole thing up. Um, but yeah, so I lost that multi which I was getting excited about how I was going to spend my couple of hundred bucks and then uh, lost the final. So it was a good weekend, Orion. That, is that the new number the new number one camo where you're playing someone in fantasy that goes off and you bet accordingly but don't win the bet? <laughs> yeah, that, exactly. that is the biggest strip out of all time. <laughs> yeah. So I just watched him put up the best stats ever and I didn't get a single dollar for it. <laughs> you lost money. <laughs> Yeah, fuck. Uh, what a day. Yeah, look, the the outs as well are frustrating, and this is where you build depth for, but most it being out, the guy was always going to to get goal line carries, which is where he was a benefit to have. So missing him hurt a bit, and then putting someone like Thielen in is such a fucking crapshoot. For you, it was a similar one with Hawkinson. You were putting Conklin in. He's not going to get the same level of looks, so you're just kind of hoping for you know a few chunk plays here and there. Turns out he had a pretty decent game for a tight end, but um, yeah, um, it's it's just one of those things. It was a good game, I guess, for the the bystander to watch because it actually did come down literally to the last um, Kansas City drive. Like, I did. If Mahomes had thrown a touchdown in that drive, yeah. I'm winning. Um, yeah. And the fucking they the amount of I think their their kicker had five field goals or something in the match as well. Yeah. So that was another. Talk about frustrating things to watch is the team that you've got three offensive players on and they just settle for fucking field goal after field goal. It was, uh, yeah, just one of those things. Yeah, and, you know, I think we'll 
This might be the last thing. Oh, apart from I'm waiting for Jerry Judy to do something come out, but looking forward to next year. It's going to tell but, you the week after. Oh, that's good. Dead rubber. Yep. Do you know the, the yeah. interesting thing about um, the the stack, the double stack cod with the Chiefs and the Niners for you, Ben, is that both of those games were sort of dead rubberish. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like it wasn't. They weren't, you know, busting their ass. They had to win it. Like, the Chiefs were basically locked into the three seed. The Niners were pretty much locked in well, the this, one or two seed. Like, it was just one of those this is sort where, of things where that had benching op- benchity, uh, benching um, hey, chances. Benchity chances. And, um, but you got to play them. So, and this is where playoffs has such high variance. Like, Amelia asked me, why, why do the fantasy playoffs happen when they do? Like she couldn't oh. couldn't make sense of it, and I said, "Oh, well, you know, because um, teams that are in the playoffs, they just put all their their backups out there." But you're right when you have like really good offenses who maybe have playoffs sewn up two weeks out. There's a chance that whether it's the whole game or half the game, these players are getting benched in the final. Whereas mm. the week before, there's a less likely chance of that. You know, week sixteen versus week seventeen. So you just, I mean, this is where it doesn't matter how good. A team you build, luck is a huge fucking part of it, and you can't control that, Hod. Well, I mean, we'll entertain what the off-season looks like, but do you shorten the regular season by one more week? And then you probably – you wouldn't find yourself any team unless they're fifth, like one loss. Yeah, it'd be um, pretty rare. But week 15, they're always still playing. Only thing, no, though, is that there's some late buys that take place, so I don't know if that yeah, would fuck up. Yeah, you know. Getting, I think it just comes down to match matchups as well, really. Yeah, like uh, the like San Fran had a juicy matchup against Washington, but if they're up early, then they're just going to run it out yeah. and not throw it. Yep. Um, and similar to Kansas City playing the Bengals, that would have looked great at the start of the year with Burrow playing, but mm-hmm. when Burrow's out, once again, they don't have to score as much. Yeah, so they can um, settle for like field the, goals as a be- yeah, as opposed exactly. to being aggressive and yeah. Yeah, and the yeah, and the Cowboys played the Lions, which was like a barnstorming game. So. I think it's more to do with the matchup than the week seventeen, and we just can't, you can't uh, deal with that. Yeah, I suppose it speaks to the the um, importance of depth for you guys up the top end. You've sort of got to factor that in and accommodate that you've got backup options for if your players are in those positions. Uh, you've got to have a backup plan for yourselves. Mm. Hey Ben, I thought you almost said that Amelia asked, "How come you didn't win?" Which, <laughs> which which would have catapulted to number one in the worst fantasy things yeah. to happen is when your wife or significant other says, how come you didn't win fantasy? Oh, <laughs> you, all the hours you put in. I reckon that's another... That's fuck sound. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that is a frustrating... Another frustrating one is when you're watching Red Zone and maybe you uh, you scream out in a bit of frustration at something negative happening and then from the other room you just hear, what's wrong? <laughs> that's... Fuck off! It's, you won't understand anyway. Yeah, it's you know what's wrong. Nothing of any importance, but it's somehow upset me. So I think it just like in the moment you realise how absurd um, all the shit that you're doing while watching is going. Or if you're just like, come on, you don't watch a single fucking second of it, and that's the way to go. Um, any final thoughts on this matchup? I've I do want to say just well played there, Camo. It was never going to be an easy out, and it was always going to be a frustrating game and I'll happily be in grand finals that are this close because winning them this close is going to be uh, just as much ecstasy as the frustration of losing one this close. So 
Well played, mate. Yep. Thanks, Ben. Um, but you go, Kenny. No, I was just going to say, absolutely, mate. It was uh, both of you would have been deserving winners, but um, a great result, Camo, uh, that you that you got up. And I think one of the great reasons for that is because of your trade activity. And I was talking to the boys offline, and the ten players that you started, yep, in grand final week. Yeah, everyone's had a slice of one of those players at some point in their EDL lifespan. Even the DFF, who did draft Joe Mixon and then went on to produce a ring four years later, Jake has four of them. Ben, Jim, Keeney, and Thais have two. Everyone else has got one. So everyone's got a little piece of this win. So uh, we can all share in the glory, right? Spot on. That's right, and that's why I thanked everyone in the chat um, because <laughs> for sure I've traded with all eleven of you. And uh, that was what built built the empire. And I know we bang on it about it a lot, boys, but I will thank you again, Camo, because now it, all three divisions have a champion in the EDL. So we want to build a diverse league. Well, you've just completed the trifecta. So well done, mate. Thank it was you. Uh, and well done to you, Ben. It's a great season, and uh, I'm sure both of you will be right up there again at the pointy end. Just um, next year. Just a. F- Fun one that I thought of then, Hod, obviously you're saying that every division's had a champ. Um, I wonder if we should have a little side pool, Keeney, going for which division is going to have every single person win over the years. So the second that, that all four have have won a championship, that's when this pool of money gets distributed to that division. Could be a fun little... Wow. There's a big variable here. What's that? You've got the greatest well, division in all the sport. Why should you worry? You're we in the do. Seat. We do. Absolutely. But I would like to know before I part with any side betting if there are priority picks in play. Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I actually think my Vontae Mac division would be a good shout for this. It's, But it's one that like, so you need every single team to win. Uh, it's kind of like your one, Keeney, that you had with your mates of Carlton, Collingwood, Melbourne. Yeah. Who's going to yep. win a premiership first? Because when one team's up, unless they win it, then it's a chance for the other ones to catch up. And yeah. to get all four to win is is pretty rare. But that's what I mean. Like and we've, we've only had couple, one like, from each. So we've it's got Papa and, even. Papa and Tim down at the minute, but I like what they're doing. Papa's loaded up. Tim's loaded, loading up. They can be competitive again shortly. Yep. Um, I like our division for that little side bet, so I'd be I'd be up for it. And in four years, we've had three winners, so it's going to take a number of years for this to potentially cash out. This could just keep uh, could keep engagement going if there's just a little pool that just gets larger and larger. What are we, what larger are we talking about here? Are we talking a little something on the side, and then you all split the win. So everyone's there's a bit of camaraderie here, yeah. like that. That that uh, thread that you've got on Facebook with your little uh, bum buddies that'd be going. Oh on yeah, that, wouldn't it? Just be oh, absolutely. Buzzing. Has there been crickets on that chat? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it's fair to say there hasn't been a lot since my loss. <laughs> I have heard though that leagues are piggybacking off the Sunny Win Sunny oh, Weaver the Junior. Winners. Wow. The greatest division in world sport. I forget what our name is because I just call us that. But the uh, we have a very very glowing love for one another, and it's always on display. And now I'm hearing that other divisions have started their own chats. So you're welcome, firstly. But secondly, I also think this side betting could open up, because of this love fest, some collusion opportunities down the track, which no. you, t- you two would need to be all over. No, because yeah. at the end of the day, 
everyone's in it for themselves. I don't care how how tight knit mm-hmm. your division is. Everyone you could is easily in make it for a themselves. nice little trade, especially if we bring no trade deadlines. You could definitely influence, especially end if results. especially if you've already got a ring and. You just need one more, and you don't. Yeah, really that's care. right. Yeah. Well, this is, we'll, we'll think about it. Let's let's not no, no, bring in the trade deadline. <laughs> <laughs> they hate us because they ain't us. That's for that's sure. right. You and your anuses. Um, <laughs> all right, we thought as a as a bit of a fun one for anyone still listening. Um, let's just quickly go over the draft, and we're just going to do a, a little mock for the first six picks because those teams haven't been discussed in a while. Um, so we'll quickly just go, and we'll base this off. Um, we've got the number one pick odds. So, Kenya, if you want to quickly run through the draft lottery odds as it stands today. Yes, we've got, uh, I think for the third time in four years, Steph with the best number one pick odds, 41% for the DFF. Timos uh, has, he's just picked two. He's, oh, and he's also got pick, pick six, six, which is Tim's. Mm-hmm. So he's at 28%. Papa with... Picks three and four is twenty five percent, and Hod with the fifth pick in the uh, in the lottery is a six percent chance to snag the number one pick. So, pretty even distribution from sort of the the first three and Hod's a bit of a long shot. So, anyone's uh, anyone's ball game. Of course, those picks can be traded before the lottery if they wish to be. If it's, I think I did that to you, Ben. Uh, the year you got Trevor Lawrence, so I traded yep. the pick before the lottery, and that was a good idea. Um, so it can be done. Yes. You went the upside of the lottery and got picks five and six or five and seven or something, I think, as a result. Did you say three out of four years he's had the number one odds? I believe that's correct. So, and he's 0 for 2? No, he's 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 1. He got the Brees Hall year. He's 1 and 1. I did. Okay. He's got pick two. The other year he didn't get it. He still got pick two and three. Yeah, like, he, he, did right. he did. He did arguably the best because I think his pick six turned into pick one three or something. Three, yeah, yeah, yeah. So one and six that turned into two and three, three which yeah, isn't bad. Which You'd is... probably do that trade, I reckon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The picks, were, the picks were nice. The players weren't, and they just turned him into Wilson and, and Lance as a result. So um... I, I've I, and and you boys, I can talk openly with certainly Camo and Ben Hod. Yes and no. But uh, I do find it fascinating that we've been the mainstays of the lottery for the first three years. We've seen some lean times and we've seen some good times. But wowee, am I getting some inundated uh, messages about the time of this uh, lottery from interesting from players that haven't been there in the past? They're mm. just really eager to uh, put a date on it. I'll give and you maybe a ten this year. That's interesting. So you could either do like a Keeney. Camo or Ben and go and attend the whole thing. You could do a hod yes. and you could come until Even you when we don't, don't picks. until you don't get the number one pick and then fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> and get the best player in the draft, no issues. It worked out well for you. Yeah. Right? Two best. Oh, three. Three. <laughs> yeah, I'm three. calling that we bring it back to the first uh the first lottery that we ever did where I think Manny was playing footy the next day and then at midnight ordered a round of shots for everyone. So <laughs> Let's, let's bring it back Manny. to the whole league getting behind the uh, the lottery night because it is a good fun night when everyone rocks up. We're um and we're all over the uh, the prizes for the champ champ, so we should be able to get a or the champ singular champ, so we should be able to get a presentation together hopefully. Mm-hmm. Um, and because that was one of the main selling points is we we're able to do the lottery and present the first 
champ with his ring and helmet. So hopefully we can do the same. But anyway, it'd be good to uh, get everyone on board. We'll try and do it. There's a, there's a, some uh, love in the air in March. Obviously, there's a league member getting married in early March, and then there's a, another wedding later in the month. So we'll, we're trying to do it sort of in between those two dates. So looking at sort of the mid to late March area mm. at the moment. But we'll won't, give you a heads up when we can get a definite date out. Won't clash with a D's game, obviously, Keeney. Wouldn't we'll have thought check so. Check the fixture. Yeah, Thank wouldn't you. have thought so. Beautiful. Yeah, it always seems <laughs> Not that you so need hard. to attend. What it, Oh, you probably do actually. <laughs> well, in, did you um? Sorry, yeah. just while we're on the D's, Camo, what was your take on um, Keeney's Milo Cup experience at the D's games <laughs> in the past? I told you, I had two buckets of chips at halftime of every D's game where we were down by eighty points at halftime. So I that, lived that, it with him. Just they are two went the very different option, things. Not the uh, sweet option. Two very different. Uh, species of human you two did are. You, did you both it's order... it's to, you know, help your feelings. So Did you both order those page. items and then just stare at each other without saying a word and eating them? Is that how you just got through those moments together? He, he offered me a chip at one point, but I couldn't exactly offer him a little... Yeah, do you want a, a, a scoop? A scoop? A scoop. I'll go get a spare plastic spoon for you. You should have dipped your chip in the Milo cup, Camo. Just like a croissant in a coffee. <laughs> Wow. Yeah. My missus does the old chock top in the popcorn. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Right. And then take the layer off first, Ben, so the ice cream into the popcorn. Yeah, no, I got that. You wouldn't wouldn't be getting much traction with the chocolate. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just Uh, I just never know with you, mate. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, shit. All right, let's get it back on track here. What I was going to say is that... uh, yeah, good. That would be my choice too. Boysenberry, Choc Top. Um, maybe that's a, the next top three, Choc Top flavours. Um, let's just imagine that the current number one pick odds, it just falls the way that it does and the top mm. six order is Steph, Tim, Papa. Papa at four again with Scoot's pick. Hod gets pick five and Tim gets pick six there with Jim. Let's just go a super, super early mock draft here, boys. Mm. Just really rapid fire sort of shit. I think, um, well, I won't, I won't get in people's heads, but there's, we don't know where players are being drafted yet, but there's a lot of talk about very offensive sort of players that are going to go high in the draft. So it's fair to think that there'd be six of those names that would be coming off the board here in the first six picks. So uh, I'll kick it off because I think this one's an absolute lock. Steph's got the number one pick. He's just, he's searching for that ever elusive QB that he just seemingly can't get. And he just steps up here and he takes Drake May, the quarterback from Duke, at the number one pick. And the main reason, because I think it's going to be between possibly Caleb Williams and Drake May, is that he's white. So Steph just goes with the ever-reliable uh, coin flip option that, uh, that yeah, makes his decisions. And, and sometimes it works out for him and sometimes it doesn't. But that's how he's, he's going to pick one there. Who wants to... Uh, he wants to make Tim's pick at pick two. Hod, you got your hand I up. D- I just, look, I didn't want to go down this path, but considering <laughs> you've opened it up, Steph was a big fan of a wide receiver back in the day in Seattle land, Jermaine Curse. Now, <laughs> it's still up in the air <laughs> which side he falls. And I th- is Caleb Williams a little bit uh, like that? Yeah. So Steph might be confused here. 
uh, between the two, but I, I do like your choice and your rationale behind that. Well, ben. so Drake May's off the board. Who I, wants team well, at pick see, two? See, I think there was a. I'll, I'll go pick two, but I would have had a bit of a theme here, and I know this is probably not what we're doing, but I just think Steph will try and pair up whoever Chicago takes with Cole Komet and Darnell Mooney to, to oh, stack that up. Point. And and I think Tim will do the same. And and I just think Marvin Harrison Jr., if he does go to Arizona with Kyler Murray, I just think Tim is a real good candidate here to take him at number two. There's a lot of uh, you know, a lot of hypotheticals going on, but with the recent uh bust rate of QBs over the last two or three rookie drafts, I think it might scare a few off if mm-hmm. um you know, if the if who I think will go one does. And I think the receiver could come in at pick two this year. And he doesn't need a QB. He's one of the teams mm. at that part of the draft who actually has three very good options. Mm. Um, nice. All right. So next up then is Papa at pick three. He's got the back-to-back picks here. He's got three and four. Who wants to take on? Who wants to try and get inside the mind of Ooh. Mr. Papagiris <laughs> here? And Go, Camo. Yeah, if I could take pick three, um, obviously Caleb Williams hasn't actually declared for the draft as yet. Like, I think he is waiting to see how our lottery pans out. He, I saw something. I saw something before. And I don't know if this was le- declared. Was I don't know if this is legit or not, but it was something along the lines of if it's a little bit of the Eli Manning um, thing mm, of Chargers. I don't want to be yeah. drafted to the Bears. Chicago. So if yeah. they're gonna. If they're going to consider drafting me, I'm. Well, now I don't know. He can't threaten to not declare because you've got to declare before the draft. But I think he's playing a bit There's of those of tactics at the moment. Yeah, but I think if he thinks he's going to slip through to pick three and head to the QB whisperer, Papa, the owner of CJ Stroud, uh, I think he would love to land at this spot and pick three, Papa, will get Caleb Williams. Yeah, that would be pretty nice if he fell to him there. Kenny, who'd you go with two, sorry? Marvin. I went Marvin Harrison. Yeah. Right. I probably, yeah, that was probably on the proviso that Caleb Williams was gone. But anyway, it's not really the point of the exercise. So we have two quarterbacks and a receiver. And, um, and Pappas up, up again. So I think he so now he has Fields, Williams, and CJ Stroud. Geez, Fields is a big wild card. Oh, is it ever? And he's nervous, isn't he? Yeah, is, he hasn't is. Hasn't there been a lot of chat? He's from... he's trying to will the league along the ride with yeah. him, but we're I, not going. I I don't yeah. know who he's trying to convince. Hod. He's trying to himself. convince himself. <laughs> um, geez, that does throw a spanner because we've seen the power of rushing in quarterbacks. And this Jaden Daniels can do that. Now, very unproven, very raw, but if landing in the right situation, that could be the field's replacement or allows him to shop fields, who still has a bit of value depending on where he goes. Or he's still not super strong at receiver. So you could go one of the best route runners that has been in a draft, not this draft in a draft in quite some time in Romy Dunze. Dunze. <laughs> <laughs> what a name. Romy. Almost as, it's almost as good as Puka Nakua. But Stop it. 
Um, I'm going to go, I think he'll go safe. He'll back his man in and I will go with Romy. Because mm. another argument you could make for Papa is he went the two QBs and then saw a small sample size and shipped one of them off. So he could do that again. Uh, he got someone like DJ Moore and a first from you. Is that right, Camo? So, yep. you know, then he's just kicking that down the road a little bit, the first round pick in a sense, and getting, you know, a proven player in the process. So you don't necessarily have to rule that out. Now, I'm going to go, Hod, you obviously can't do yourself a pick five here, but I'm going to get inside your head. And there is the man who loves a certain position, and that <laughs> is the tight end. And there is a tight end that is spoken about an awful lot right now from Georgia, Mr. Brock Bowers, the double B or B squared. Um, and I think he would. He's getting a lot of buzz, you know, sir, similar to a Kyle Pitt sort of buzz. A lot of people throwing comparisons out there like a Kelsey, you know, very early on could be a proven talent. And when you're seeing, um, you know, how Laporta has gone in his rookie season, he's sort of breaking the myth that, Tight ends can't be a proven asset in their first year. I reckon this guy, if he lands in an offense that you're confident will use him, he will uh, be a very nice asset for you to have. No, I think that they're all good points. And it's he's not breaking the myth. He's broken it, uh, yeah. finishing as the tight end one, first rookie ever, first rookie to finish anywhere in the top 12, I think. They always take a few years because it is the best position and they just got to work themselves up. Um, but no, I, I think that's a, a very nice pick there by you. Ben for the dingers. Who's up next? Who's going to round it out? Come on. Oh, I thought I was. All right. Yeah, I was going to say, can you, can you take this one? Because I did Tim at two, so I'll do Tim at six as well. I'll just, I'll round this out. Yeah, okay. But uh, I think one of the underrated talking points is also, let's just have a click into Timos's team at the minute. Um, how's Jordan Love going, everyone? As your QB2, if you don't mind, Kyler Murray and Jordan Love is a lovely tandem with Brock Purdy as your number three. We discussed a few pods ago that Brock Purdy's the perfect number three QB, but you don't want him to be number two. He has fallen on his feet here with Jordan Love, and he looks to be a very, very nice dynasty QB in the making. So with that said, I think he needs skill position players more than any other team in the comp, and he will take Malik Neighbors here at six to pair up with Marvin Harrison mm. to go a little one-two wide receiver double. So I, I like the way uh, Timos's team is taking shape here. What a, what a rise the straight cash homies have had at the quarterback position. Because at the start of this season, he had not one known commodity mm. at the quarterback position with Kyler coming back from an ACL um, and also not knowing where he was going to land. He's pretty safe now to land in Arizona. So, um, And then Purdy was a small sample size. Jordan Love was shit. So he's sort of... I know he doesn't think he's very lucky in fantasy, but... He has definitely fallen on to the fortune here with the quarterback position at the very least. What did uh, off, I don't know if you know this off the top of your head, Keeney or maybe even Camo, as a person who loves a trade, what did he have to give up to Jim to get his first round pick? What was the player that he was sort of, because I know he dealt, he dealt a fair few. Uh, McCaffrey. Oh, it was, it was a trade with that. me. So, okay. yeah, I, I held that pick. Um, and I ended up getting McCaffrey and got it and gave him pits and that pick. 
Yeah, right. Okay. There's a couple other things. So yeah. McCaffrey was the the big part of that. Well, to turn, you know, he's only got a certain number of years left in him, you'd have to say, Correct. and it's probably not in Tim's window. So then to turn his list to get Marvin Harrison Jr. and Malik Neighbors, if he did walk away with those two skill positions in the first six picks, that's a pretty nice uh, return and, there. And if Kyle Pitts can get a coach, he's yeah. a nice little uptick player, you'd think. In year four. Well, so Camo, we'll, we'll, we'll extend it to pick seven, which was Matt's pick, which Papa owns. What's Papa doing at pick seven here? If he... All these players now have gone off the board. Do you need some names? So who who's he taken in this draft so far? He's had two picks. He's taken... Caleb Williams. Caleb Williams and... and Romeo Adunze. Adunze. It's probably the only name left, notable name right now, is Jaden Daniels, isn't it? Like yeah, in, in the, the first the next QB, the big seven yep. names. So does he go? He walks away with two QBs yep. and a wide receiver. That's yeah, not bad. You know who? You know who went pick seven last year? Will Levi's. <laughs> he did, did he really go pick Where's seven? The Where's the drop? Jesus. Where's the sound drop? Right could there could there be a tasty little trade? Are you fucking mad? <laughs> <laughs> you can really see it, like for for someone like Papa. Who's got the QB position going okay? Say if he did get Caleb Williams, Jaden Daniels sitting there at seven. You could see a tasty trade here for a QB needy team. You either, to have a, have a yeah, swing. You either take him and then work out a trade later, or you, yeah, you work out a trade on the spot. Similar to, I guess, what you did, Hod, with Mac Jones, um, mm-hmm. when he was That's sort good. of still lingering around ten or eleven. I think it was. It's worked out all right in the end. Oh, you did it both years. What was the other one? You sold me Mac Jones the following year. For what oh, pick? Who cares? <laughs> no, it was pick four, I think, wasn't it? But Stefan Diggs was in it as well. Oh, that's right. Diggsy. Ring for Diggsy. Oh, I can't even be bothered finding that sound drop, but it's in there that's somewhere. Where, that's where it came from, mate. It is. There's a lot that came from that draft night. Um, interesting, boys. All right. Well, very good. Very interesting. Very good. Well, thanks again, Camo, for jumping on. I know that I didn't have to twist your arm too much to uh, come on and talk about your victory here and just relive that amazing uh, moment for you. But once again, congratulations uh, for, you know, arguably one of the most active members of our league to walk away with a ring, I think is a good thing for the health of the Empire Dynasty League. So uh, I have no doubt that your winning championship team will probably not exist on your roster going into next season. I think a lot of them will be one and done. They'll piss off somewhere else, and then you'll uh, a whole new lineup will will get to experience the playoffs with you again next year. And I'm looking forward to uh, how that works out for you. Thanks, Ben. Uh, looking forward to uh, seeing all you blokes at the lottery. And, uh, yeah, the San Diego Demons are open for business, so oh. let's trade. That's uh, it's what the listeners came to uh, came to hear. And uh, thanks for coming on, mate. Appreciate it. It's good to do a little season wrap. I think when you go fourteen and two in any fantasy season, that's uh, very very difficult to do. But um, enjoying the uh, off season, I like that we did a little mock draft very early. But I hope it's gotten to the minds of a few, just even subconsciously, Ben, that we just start start digging away. That's what this podcast does well. But uh, no, great pod, boys, and uh, I'm looking forward to snaffling down a little crab stick next time I see you. Pod. <laughs> you would 
guzzle a crab stick that I don't need to see that happen. <laughs> now, Camo, um, there are there are feats and then there are feats. And in case the listeners aren't aware of who the San Diego Demons are, because they are, in fact, the San Diego Devil Dicks. And being the champion from the best division in world sport, that is a feat in itself, mate. So well done. Commiserations, Ben. Um, another good year. And I'm wondering about you two. Maybe this is the funnest time of the year for Dynasty. And maybe you two are getting a sniff for it. Because the pointy end hasn't been kind and there's some aging rosters. But I'm sure you'll uh, work that out. What we do have, though, boys, is I'm sure we'll have a little off-season. We'll talk to the sponsors, namely some fish and chip shops around the areas. But we will have the draft lottery. We will have a 2023 rookie draft review, which we will go through with the best and worst picks. That's always a fun exercise. We might even do a retrospective draft redo it and see where the rookies fall um and then of course we will have the rookie draft which is one of the more fun uh nights on the calendar and it serves this podcast very well with some sound drops ben one of the more fun nights and uh also one of the most listened to podcasts i think the last two that we've done the live uh, drafting and, and everyone jumping on and just talking shit. They are the most listened to pods that we've dropped in the 80-odd podcasts that we have uh, dished out. So not only a, a good night, it's also a good listen apparently because everyone likes to jump on and hear the absolute nonsense that we talk. Whether it's everyone listening back just several times themselves to hear what they actually said or what they did, um, I don't know, but they definitely they definitely get the most. It is one of the better nights on the calendar. But all good things come to an end, boys. It's been a very fun season. And thank you for your kind words last week, Camo, or the last episode. It does take time, and Ben does a fair chunk of this work, but it does take a lot of time out of our weeks when we do it. So thank you for your kind words. And another season done, boys. Podcast over and out. Shit, we like literally finished that on the, the drop. So I didn't even have to fade it out, but... I'll fade it out now awkwardly.